In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an amazing guest here with me, Tony Taylor. How are you, my friend? I am doing amazing. It is such an honor to have you today. I know you have quite a story, so I can't wait to get into that today. So thank you so much for being here. And I always start off with the most loaded question, which is, what inspired you on your journey to where you are today? Oh, that's a beautiful question. And um, I like that question because... I'm an inspirational speaker. And what inspired me was that I needed to be inspired. So I went on this journey and trying to find myself, trying to figure out, you know, what makes me happy instead of, you know, the things that I thought that I cared about before, like how much money can I get from this? Or I got to make sure that my family has an abundant amount of money so they never have nothing to worry about. But on the inside, I was dying. So I went down a deep, deep, not dark, <laughs> very lighted path to discover who I am, discover what I needed. And then once I started giving that and I started getting full of that, I started regurgitating it to other people. And it made a difference in my life, like even more just knowing that I'm inspiring people, knowing that people are smiling and even sometimes living because of something that I said to them because, you know, I was with them. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Beautiful question. <laughs> I love it. Tony. I mean, you've got quite a lot to your story, right? So I'm sure there's a lot we're going to get into, get into today because you served as a U.S. Marine, worked as a fire captain with the Department of Defense all, and in the corporate world too. So I know you've got quite a trajectory, but before we get into all that, I'm going to reel it back a little bit. What did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a few things. There was one point in, in my life where I said, I'm going to go to the NBA because everybody in my neighborhood was aspiring to be a basketball or football player. But then once I realized that I wasn't going to grow to be like six foot nine, like some of my cousins, I, I realized that that just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't in the cars for me. But I started thinking about the possibilities of being a firefighter. And the reason why is I had an auntie, our next door neighbor was a fire chief. And I would see all the trucks come to his house and I would just be like, oh man, that is so cool. That is so cool. I would love to do that one day. Yeah, I think that was it. But I, yeah, I want to be a firefighter and a basketball player. That's awesome. So NBA, firefighter and basketball player, two very different things, but mm -hmm. I love it. I love yeah. it. Now, who were some of your biggest inspirations for growing up? My mother. I would say my mother was a really big inspiration for me because my mom was a, a single parent. My father wasn't in my life. He lived in a totally different state than we did. And we did our thing, me and my mother and my sister. And I saw the things that my mom was going through. I saw the, the courage that she had in her. My mom was one of those moms where she would never talk bad about the other parent. She would say, 
uh, good things about my father. And that's something that it, I've practiced as an adult as well. But yeah, just seeing my mom work, seeing her get up sometimes most of the time, my mom would get up before I was up. It would be dark. She would go to work and she would come home after dark. And just seeing her work ethic, seeing how she took care of me, how she took care of my family, right? Not just my immediate family, but my whole family. She's definitely a matriarch of the family. She's just one of the realest people that I ever met. And thus, I aspire to be like her because, I mean, she's a giver. And she never stops. She's a gift. She never stops trying to like redefine herself. My mom is always into different stuff. <laughs> so yeah, my mom, man, she's definitely inspirational to me. That's fantastic. So that's fantastic. I mean, there's always that source of a person, right? That's so close to us that serves as that inspiration. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love the whole trajectory. And now, so now. I love those glasses, by the way. <laughs> those glasses are dope. I know I told you before, but I, I wanted to get it out again while we were recording. <laughs> <laughs> You're so awesome. And I was telling you, I love your whole setup. It's so awesome. It's so, so awesome. And the new brand and the logo and everything. So Tony Taylor, my goodness. All right. So what was your first step outside of school? What was your trajectory like that started your career path? Because it's been so all over and then it led you down the inspirational speaking. So how, what was that kind of like? So for me, I was, when I was 18 years old, I had a, a baby on the way. I had a baby on the way and I hadn't really realized that I was a high school dropout yet. It just, I just got to that point where I forgot where the classes was at because I was going so infrequently. Like I, I never went to class and, you know, I dropped out, had a baby on the way and I saw a commercial and this commercial changed my life. It basically put me in the mind frame that I could change my life around, that I could be a better father for my daughter than what my father was for me. And I joined the Marine Corps. I was in the United States Marine Corps for an enlistment. I got out and I worked for the prison system. I worked for the prison system. I couldn't find a job for the life of me. They say that, you know, when veterans get out, that there are plenty of jobs for them. And it's going, I had this illusion in my head and that wasn't the case. Right. So I started working for a prison and then I just said, you know what, I'm going to go back in. I'm going to go back in and I joined the military. And this time I joined as a, as a firefighter. So I got a divorce. I got custody of my girls and next thing you know, you know, I got custody of my girls and not only that, not only that, I had to go to work on Monday and I was working two days on, two days off, two, two days on, three days off. It was just a crazy schedule. So I got out, I ended up getting out and I worked for the Department of Defense and I worked as a fire, kind of like an arson investigator type deal, like working there, but not in the fires. And yeah, I went from there, I got poached into safety and that's how I kind of picked up the, the corporate executive roles to start working in safety and went from safety and just kind of realizing that part of my job that I love the most was talking to the people, was doing stuff like this. Like I would do this stuff while I was doing it. And I'm just like, man, that's, that is so fun, but I'm on a podcast talking about safety and I'm just like, no, nah, I'd rather talk about you. How are you doing, Pamela? Like, I think that you're amazing, you know? And then I just said, you know what? The better part of my day, right? The better part of my day is spent with people, inspiring people and start kind of going down that, going down that path. And then I figure out later that 
there was a lady that her life, her life, like she was like on the brink of, I don't know if she was going to end her life, but she basically said that when I was going to go home, I was thinking about giving up. I was going to quit my job. That was all. The only thing she told me was that she was going to quit her job. I didn't know she wouldn't really elaborate anymore, but I think she didn't want to say that what she was thinking about doing. And I, I remember going to the car and calling my wife and just almost like sobbing. Like, I can't believe that this just, this just happened and not from a place of ego, but from a place of like this deep sense of being humbled. And I said, I, this thing that I'm afraid of doing because I was afraid of public speaking for a very long time, but this thing that once caused me pain is now giving other people joy. So I have no choice, no choice, but to do this. I, this is who I am and I need to accept it. That's amazing. What did you speak on at that, at that time that really transformed this woman? That's incredible. We're talking about uh, resilience Mm -hmm. and at that at that time this wasn't during the this wasn't during the pandemic this was like way before I was working at a job and it was some pretty hard times we had workers that were not getting their raises when they weren't supposed to be getting them we had workers that were being mistreated like big time most horrible jobs in the plant they were having them do but they were like the oldest people in there it was just it just didn't make any sense they were going through some hard times and I would just talk to them, have a, a big safety meeting in the back of the warehouse, because I wanted to tell them that they were heard. I wanted to tell them that I love them. I wanted to tell them that I was like fighting for them. I wanted them to know that somebody was fighting for them. And uh, it was during that moment, those moments. Wow. Did she say that there was anything in particular that you said that? Cause that that's deep. I mean, for her to say like you transformed me and to be in that space and just transition like that you had to have said something extremely powerful yeah no the message was resilience the message was you're going through heartache you're going through heart pain everything that you went through before you've made it out of this might seem like this is the worst of your life but i'm telling you the best of your life is yet to come you have to keep running and fighting towards your purpose you have to fight for yourself you have to fight for your kids you have to it was that tempo i mean they wasn't expecting it because they had just came back from lunch and they're just tired and it was actually a couple hours after lunch tired and all of a sudden we're in the back just like I'm telling them stuff and they're telling me stuff and yeah, pumping me up. You got to keep going. You got to keep fighting, brother. And I'm just like watching this thing unfold. And I'm like, oh man, we're doing it. This is what we're doing because it was such a community and I was getting so much life from them. Like they were pumping me up because my spirits was down. I was going home telling my wife, like, I, I can't believe the way that we're operating. I can't believe that we're in this situation to where our employees are being asked to do these dangerous things and not be compensated, not be taken care of. I was just in that moment. I just, I was hurting. I was hurting bad because I felt bad and we needed each other in that moment. And that's when I figured out that I needed to use my voice for that reason, because I don't want nobody to ever leave this earth by their own hands or nobody to ever feel like they're in this earth or they're lonely and nobody cares about them. There's nobody on this planet that can say that no one cares about me. And I believe that there's nobody that can say that, but they just need to know it. 
when people are getting ready to take their life, it's just, they feel like the world is going to be a better place without them in it. And I want to let them know that it doesn't necessarily mean that. It doesn't necessarily mean that. What that means is that you're growing, but you, oh, man, I just, oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I just get emotional about thinking it. about it. Yeah. Oh, no, no, believe me, I, I completely understand. I mean, in my world, right, you know, I, I transitioned from restaurants to real estate. So I had two restaurants by the time I was 21, went into real estate just because I wanted to, you know, create a different stream of revenue. And then I ended up falling in love with it. And then, you know, in the last eight years, built a nine figure real estate career. So I've sold, developed, or acquired over 100 million in real estate assets. In the You're last a millionaire. <laughs> I'm talking to a lot of millionaires uh, <laughs> lately. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, yeah. it's okay. But, but, you know, and then now it was the same thing. Now I'm having a shift myself where I'm working on getting into the public speaking and the coaching and all of that. And it's almost like this calling because you see out there, they're like, there's not enough cheerleaders, right? It was the cheerleaders in my life. And that's the reason why I'm here, right? Yeah. Teachers, those mentors, those guides, your parents, like, like family members, friends. I mean, these people that are your cheerleaders, right? Speak your speech, Pam. Yes, no, I love it. Well, as you were speaking, I was like, he is a cheerleader. He is a cheerleader. He reminds these people of who they are, right? Yeah. You remind them of who you are and that you're important. You're special. You're unique, right? Yeah, I agree. I think about the, um, it's funny you said cheerleaders. I like that. I like that, the, the cheerleader aspect, because that's the way I look at it. I remember doing sports and having cheerleaders cheering for the team that I was on and looking at the kids behind them in the stands and wondering, like, I wonder if anybody's cheering for them. I wonder if they're being hoorayed because of the things that, that they're doing, because they are making a difference. They're doing the stuff that's hard for me. I wonder if somebody's cheering for them. So yeah, man, right. we got to be each other's cheerleaders. That's why I'm glad that we're in each other's life. We connect it. Anything that you do 100%, I'll support you. Definitely. Because we need that. Definitely. <laughs> hey, thank you. Tony. I, I love how you're just describing the, you wonder who's cheering for them. And that's the whole thing, right? You were called into that space to become a speaker. So as you. And to be that cheerleader and to be that person to be like, you got this. Forget what anybody else is saying. Like, like ignore everything around you. Like, you matter. So were you. About this, right? So were you. You're so awesome. No, no, it's yeah. about you, my friend. It's totally about you. No, but I'm just pumped up. I love people like you. I love people who care about others in that in that way. And to help uplift them, to make them realize who they really are, right? Stan Lee talks about, about this. And it was one of the coolest things I've ever heard, that there's there's a superhero in all of us. It's like, can yes. we see it, though? In all of us. Right? Yes. yes. And, and people like you are the ones who bring that out, right? Ah, thank like you for saying that. person's got it. You're just simply bringing it out and reminding them, like, hey, you're that superhero, right? Thank you for saying that. Of course, of course. No, I, I adore that. And so when you decided that this was your vocation and this was your space and you're like, I'm going to speak, it is not an easy field to get into. Right? <laughs> so no, it's not. How did you transition into that? Because basically you're becoming an entrepreneur for the very first time. Right. It was rough. I often tell my wife, I grabbed her one day and I said, baby, I really wish that I can go back to the day that I said that I was going to do this. I would do so much stuff like different, like 
I wasted so much time. And she's like, no, you didn't waste time. You didn't waste no time. Like, you know, the things that you know, because you had to go down that road in order to know where the houses were at. Now, you know, where the houses and now, you know, where the bumps and bruises are at in the neighborhood. So you're good. But I struggle with, I think it was not believing in myself enough, honestly, not believing in my capability of being an entrepreneur. So I helped myself back. I would say, oh, this isn't perfect this isn't perfect. This needs to be this way, or I'm going into this speaking gig. I need to be the keynote speaker. And I just had this chip on my shoulder. Like there, I got to go up against all these odds. And I would just tell myself, you're not competing with anyone. Stop looking at everybody else's stuff and comparing what they're doing to what you're doing. I'm a quality stop. The camera has to be perfect. If you would have jumped on here, you know, maybe a, a couple seconds earlier, you would have saw me playing with the knobs because I want to make sure there's clarity, but clear, but I'm still saying, I, I think it could be more, I, I can see the pixels. So I would have told myself to get out of that. I would have told myself, get out of that, go have fun, because this is what you're supposed to be doing. And for your viewers and listeners, anything that you're starting, anything that you're starting, like you have to emerge yourself in it and you have to understand that there are going to be moments where you feel like you fail, but that I go back to John Maxwell when he says, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. You're not really failing. You're learning. That's why people make books. People don't make books of, Hey, I woke up and I was born with all of this knowledge. They tell, they take you down that story. That's a hero. A hero story starts from zero and then it goes to hero. They take you from the beginning point and take you to the end. That's part of reading a book. I wouldn't want to read a book about everything just being so magical and just this utopia of greatness. And you're just like, where's the plot? Where's the, where's the meat in this? Everybody likes that. But there's a reason because that's the way that life is. And we're drawn to that because it's like a magnet in us. So yeah, I would just tell myself to relax, enjoy it. Uh, don't compare yourself to, to others. Don't try to fit into different boxes. Like I'm not wearing a tie. Most of my peers, they wear ties. There's a couple of people that don't. And, you know, believe it or not, they inspired me to be my authentic self. So being your authentic self, not comparing yourself to anybody else and believing in yourself. Amen. So what was it like getting the first gig? Because I know there's entrepreneurs listening and they're like thinking about getting into the space or, you know, just in business in general, right? Mm. You have to go out there and you have to attract clients, right? Because they have to hire you to go out there just like any other, just like any other business, you got to get clients. So how, what was that process like? Was the startup phase, I like to call. It was actually, it seemed seamless. It seemed seamless. I went on, I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start speaking and this is what it's going to be. I'm, I'm claiming it. I had already started making videos on uh, LinkedIn, kind of telling people the same thing, go for your dreams, go for your goal. And I made a video and I said, listen, this is what it is. I'm brand new. <laughs> you know, I'm brand new. I just hit the button. This was my mentality. I'm brand new. I just flipped the button that changed my profile to where it says I'm a speaker. This is what I speak on. I speak on leadership. I speak on overcoming adversity. I speak on there's all of these things about knowing who you are and being the best that that you are. And so many people started DMing me like, hey, man, this is good. I always thought that you were anyway. And it seemed to fall into place. And then when I got the first gig, I was nervous. I was nervous because... Like I said, my biggest weakness is I have a vision. And if I don't see that vision, it's like, oh my God, we got to keep working. But sometimes it's, it's, it's about the intent. But um, we got, I got ready for this gig and 
it was seamless. I started getting tongue tied, but as far as like when I was practicing before, but I started this ritual to where I would get on my hands and knees and I didn't even do it on purpose. I just said, Hey, I surrender to the universe. I am wanting and requesting <laughs> to be used as an instrument because these babies, and there was some kids, some young men, these babies, they need me. They're going against some insurmountable odds. Use me as your instrument. I want the things that I say to really resonate with them. And I got up, I was crying a little bit because it was so, it was like this journey and it was like, boom. And after that, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I, I don't believe sometimes I, like, I don't believe how fast things have gone, but it's just looking back and looking at everything that I've done up to this point has, I feel like put me in a beautiful position so that I can help other people because that's what it's about. It's not about me. It's about the people. Amen, Tony. Amen. I love that you just shared all of that. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for and allowing me to share it. Of course. No, I mean, the surrender is, see, the, the thing is, when you're living your purpose, life just accelerates at these like ridiculous speeds yeah. that you're like, how is this happening right <laughs> And I love that you said that you surrendered, that you were just like, hey, please use me as a tool. Use me as a beacon of light. What needs to channel through me? Okay, let's do it. Yeah, okay? no, exactly. Exactly. I love that. Because when you step into your purpose, it's like nobody's stopping you. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, they can try. Oh. They can try. They can try. And it happens. It happens. I mean, yeah. Not absolutely. Devil's not happy when anybody finds their purpose, right? No, no. Because once you light that fire. Yeah, no, oh, you're oh. right. I had some of the, my dream jobs that because I had stopped like applying for different jobs because I was going to go to another job. But I'm like, no, I don't. I'm not going to go to another job. I'm going to create my own. And once things like started rolling, once things started rolling, I started getting these people. Hey, you would be perfect for I got this vice president of operations. It's not just safety, but this is a vice president of operations. And you're going to have buy in you know, into the company and all of this stuff where I'm like two years ago. If you would have told me that, man, I would have been jumping on the couch like uh, <laughs> I would have been. What, what's his name? Tom Cruise. I would have been jumping on the couch like Tom Cruise because I'm so I'm so happy. But no, no, because I was already jumping off. I was jumping on the couch this morning because I'm happy about the position that I'm in to help inspire these people. So no thanks. <laughs> That's amazing, Tony. It's amazing to see because you, you can tell that you're in your space. You're in your light. You're like you're fully there. You're like, you are present. No, but there's nothing more beautiful than to meet somebody like that who's really living their true purpose and their true meaning. And I mean, for anybody out there who's listening, who may be struggling with purpose, right? COVID has really like knocked the world upside down and sideways and then probably upside down again, right? And a lot of people for the first time in their lives have been forced to transition and be out of their routine, which has caused them to think. Like, do I really like what I'm doing? What is my purpose? Once they realize like, what, what, if, you know, once you get out of your routine, that's the only time that you can really make that assumption, right? Like for the first time where it can wake you up and smack you, right? So for these people right now that may be struggling with purpose, what would be your biggest piece of advice in that realm? It's as simple as looking at your life and asking yourself a hard question. So that you can get an easy answer. And it's what do you love? What is 
something that really inspires you? What is that one thing that you love to do, right? That makes you smile, right? That makes you smile that you're excited about. Ask yourself those questions. And I think that that is your purpose. And I think that is, I know that it's okay for you to do something that you love. We don't live in an era where, okay, you grow up and you're automatically going to be this job. I mean, there's still certain countries that do that, but that's not here. That's not here. That's not, I wouldn't think for the people that would be listening and watching this podcast, if you have your own purpose and you can walk your purpose. So do the things that you love. For me to find that joy, I started riding the bike. I'm like the guy on the bike, you know, you see freaking going, I got the little fancy helmet. I got a Bluetooth in it and I'm riding, I'm riding 12 miles, sometimes 13 miles a day, like killing it. My whole family, we've started to emerge into that, that culture of riding bikes because it's something that's healthy. But I started doing it because it was something that I love. It was something that I loved as a kid. I would ride my bike to my auntie's house from my house, no matter how far it was, but I love riding bikes. So that brings me back to now, like, that's how I found my happy. Some people, video games, that's, you know, that's how you get to that, that spot. But whatever it is, and I'm not going to be a professional bike rider, but that's a deposit that I need to make in myself. And that's how you, you find your purpose. You start making those deposits into yourself and you're going to find your purpose along the way. Like for me, speaking about my pain, speaking about my pain to the people that I worked with and letting them know that we're in it together. That's what helped me find my purpose. And I can't think of doing anything else for the rest of my life, like for the rest of, I can't think of anything more fulfilling than, you know, being a dad, being a husband, all of that stuff that sometimes we, we take for granted, but like, this is my purpose. I can write my, I can write my obituary right now. I don't know a bunch of stuff. I don't know a bunch of things that's going to happen in my life, but there's one thing that I know is I'm never going to stop loving people. So I can put lover of people in there because I love people. So I'm going to be a speaker for the rest of my life. Maybe not at this capacity, but I know that this is who I am because I found my purpose by doing the things that I love. So that's what I would encourage your audience is do the things that you love. Simple, I mean, hard, but simple. <laughs> Amen. Amen, Tony. Thank you so much for sharing that. Another thing that you mentioned that was really awesome was that you really found your purpose through connecting with others and sharing your story, right? And your pain and being authentically you. Anybody who's listening out there, take this as an example, right? When you're just being your authentic self and being honest and true and just connecting, you don't know what's going to come your way. Yeah. You really, 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 honest to God, you don't like, would you have expected that being in a safety meeting, (laughs) talking to these people in a factory? No, no. And I knew I was afraid of public speaking. Yeah. And I was started up with, you guys know how I am with this. I'm just, but this is coming from my heart. I love you guys. I, I, I have to tell you this. And they're like, oh my God. It's just pure love and pure joy, you know, and just connecting, connecting to someone and and letting them know that they're not alone. I mean, we could be very different people, right? But we share one thing. We, you know, we all bleed red, right? Yeah. We're yes, all, yes. We all go through pain. We all have all these crazy things, no matter how successful we are. Actually, I think the more successful you are, the more scars you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? 
you know, because it's, it's almost like the most successful people just aren't afraid to fail in parentheses, if you will. Right. Yeah. Like it's totally cool. Yeah. Just get back up again. That's yeah. that. I agree. I got some scars physically, mentally, you know, like spiritually that I never thought that I would be able to endure but they're not open wounds. They're scars. <laughs> they're scars. They're healed over. I got, I can see them, but, uh, and definitely some stuff I'm still working through in life yeah. because that's what life is about, but you're going to get those scars. You're going to get those scars. Those scars are no fun. I know, but, but the more that you talk about them, the more that you can almost heal yourself from it because yeah. you're sort of releasing. It's a form of, of release, right? Right. And and Tony, some of your biggest challenges, you know, how have you navigated through them, right? That's what underdog's all about. It's like, where have you been? And how'd you get past that, right? You just never know who's going through what. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I've, I've always had a strong sense of community, mm -hmm. right? I had a strong sense of it because I've always been a part of an amazing community with my family. And I started to lean into them started to ask them questions about the, some of the things that I was going through, some of the things that I knew that I was going to go through and knowing that I was like truly an underdog. Like even right now in my career field, I am an underdog. I don't look like everybody else. I don't talk like everybody else. I don't walk like everybody else. I'm different and I embrace that. And I'm not trying to fit in with everybody else. So that puts me at a, at a disadvantage and I recognize it, but I also recognize that my voice needs to be heard. I recognize that it needs to be heard because there's people that, that need to hear it. And I just, I built a tolerance to it. I built a tolerance to, to fall and, and getting back up, you know, hearing bad news and finding a positive in it, you know, hearing something negative that somebody said about me, but understanding who I am as a person, understanding the whole situation, like that's how, that's how you bounce back as far as being an underdog, because that's a mindset. You go in it with the understanding of knowing that you're an underdog, but you're going to get over, <laughs> you know that, then there's nothing that can stop you. If you go in it and you have the understanding that you're an underdog and you use that as an excuse to coast the rest of your life use that as an excuse to live in misery, then that's another thing. And those are the people that I enjoy talking to because they don't understand their true potential. If they're feeling that way, they don't understand how great they are. They don't understand that they've beat the odds to be here. I think I, last time I looked, it was over 7 million different possibilities that you could have been somebody else. You could have had a different, just a different vibe, right? As far as spiritually, mentally, and scientifically, like there could have been some, a different equation, but it's you, you're special, you're unique, and it's all good. It's all good. You just got to keep fighting, but that's what being an underdog is about. That's remarkable. And now you kind of touched on this a little bit, but what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? And it could be business, it could be professional, it could be anything that you want. Easy. Believe in you. Believe in you. Believe in you. Believe in you. And don't stop believing in you. Amen. 
those cheerleaders. Sometimes, <laughs> but to ourselves, we're not the best cheerleaders sometimes, right? You have all right. these outer cycles. It's just like telling you that, but that's why the cheerleaders are so needed just to remind you. Absolutely. To- Absolutely. It's funny how when you're playing in the game and you have, you have the cheerleaders, like how often do you see when you're watching football and the game's going, how often do you see the cheerleaders? You don't see them too often. You see them doing the halftime shows, but the cheerleaders are there not to necessarily like be on TV and doing the cheerleaders are there to pump up the team and pump up the audience so that the team can be pumped up. And that's what we have to do. We don't need to be seen all the time, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, we're talking about leadership. We don't have to be in front of the camera to cheer somebody else on that's in front of the camera. Like we don't have to do that. So, oh my God, it just, I just get this feeling when I think about seeing somebody overcome their obstacles and they realize that, that they've made it, mm-hmm. that they've made, I had a cousin that he had just purchased a brand new house and he's like telling me all of the stuff that, that he has to do and he's busy and this and this. And I said, Hey man, I, uh, and I was a little bit nervous because I didn't know how he was going to take me saying this. And I said, Hey man, I um, I want you to take a moment. I want you to think about this time that we had a few years ago when you were saying, Oh my God, I'm mad at myself because I still live with my mom and I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I said, I want you to think about that, that moment that you decided to make a switch in your life, that moment that you decided to be the person that you are today. I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and I want you to think about that. And I don't know if he felt it, but I felt it. I was freaking amazed and so proud of him because he made it work. And I just wanted to be there to cheer him on, not for myself, but for him, because I want to see him score and continue to score. There's nothing more beautiful than watching someone transform or for them realizing that they got this, right? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful moment. I love it, Tony. And now, Tony, what are you up to in the world in the next like six to 12 months? Like what's up in your world? What are you working on? The next six to 12 months, we're busy. Our company, we got a lot of different speaking engagements that we're working on, but I'm venturing out and I'm opening up myself for coaching. I've been asked Mm. this quite a bit when I go and I I talk about leadership. I talk about self-efficacy. I talk about self-esteem and growing through what you're going through. And people are always saying, Hey, can we connect? Can we do some of that? And you know, I've been on my mission. I'm going to go speak, but I realized that I'm not doing anybody any good if I don't like really, really equip them with this and bring other people and with different subjects that they're the master of. So I'm putting together a course, right? We're putting together a course, but we're also doing one-on-one coaching and it's, it's the love of my life. I love it. I love it. There's nothing more satisfying than that intimacy and actually seeing it happen, right? Seeing it happen behind the scenes. It's like watching a movie, like behind the curtain. Like it's so freaking, it's so cool. It's really cool because the people that we're working with, they're doing amazing things. And it started off just me answering my DMs through LinkedIn and LinkedIn and on YouTube and stuff like that to now it's, it's this full blown thing. So yeah, that's what I'm up to. 
That's incredible. Congratulations on the coaching side. Thank you. That's totally interlinked to exactly what you're doing. That's so incredible, Tony. Oh my gosh. I I can't wait to see how that unfolds for you and how it blows up because I know you're going to crush it in that world. I appreciate you saying that. Of course. No, I just, I want to thank you so much for being here today. And now you got to let all the people know where to find you, Tony. Ah, thank you for having me. I appreciate the invite. I definitely appreciate it. Congratulations on uh, your success with this podcast. I listened to some episodes. It is freaking banging. I want to <laughs> say that. But uh, I can be reached at www.tonytaylorinspires.com. If you go to any social media site, uh, you can look me up at uh, Tony Taylor Inspires and, and you'll see my smiling face. <laughs> You're Tony again. Thank you so, so much. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode.